Welcome to On The Map. I'm Lee Carriher, your host. I'm the CEO and founder of Double Forte, a national independent public relations, social media, and communications agency. We are on a mission to help companies from the solopreneur to the mid-cap market maker achieve their goal, get on the map, be known for what they're great for, and make a difference in the world. At the end of the show, which is about 20-ish minutes, I will share with you how to become a guest on the show. So please stick around for that. In the meantime, here's the next 23, 24 minutes of greatness in marketing communications and helping people get on the map with real life advice. Here we go. Hi, everybody. It is my unbelievable great pleasure to bring you the fabulous, the awesome, the one and only Dave Carriker, who um, I have known for, I'm not going to tell you how long because it would date us both. And he looks so much younger than me. I just don't want you to know. <laughs> so Dave, thank you for being on the map. I so appreciate you coming on. I couldn't be happier to be here. I'm sorry. I can't be in the frigid state that you're sitting in right now. It's 70 degrees in California right now. I feel it's minus seven seven. where I'm sitting. The beautiful thing (laughs) is I have heat. So there you go. That's a start. There you go. Always a start. Oh my gosh. So Dave um, is um, a man of many talents. He has his own, um, after being the vice president of communications at Campari Group, and creating the Negroni. Well, not creating, but bringing back the Negroni for all to love and to drink over and over and over again. You're welcome, America. Um, welcome, let's America. Not, let's also not forget the Aperol Spritz. I'm to blame for that you as well. You cannot. I mean, seriously, <laughs> he's not kidding when he says he's to blame for those things. Um, he started his own company called Raptor Communications, and his husband and him started a gym called MX3. And really, I want to talk about the gym, but we'll talk about Raptor too. So you start, you Glenn, your husband, is a trainer, correct? Yep. And what gave you guys the idea to start MX3? Well, you know, it's funny. Glenn did one of these massive career shifts uh, in his life where he was a computer programmer Mm-hmm. And he wasn't getting joy out of it. And he decided to chase something that he actually had a lot of passion for, which was fitness. And he made the giant leap over into becoming a personal trainer, just a one little guy working out at a gym that somebody else owned. And then um, we decided one day, you know what, let's stop making money for the man and let's make money for ourselves. And we, um, we made the big leap. He was really the one that architected the whole thing. And I think maybe I was just the guy behind him pushing, pushing, and pushing him to go do it. And uh, so we opened up a small gym in the Lower Haight in San Francisco in 2016, and then a very big gym in the Castro in 2018. 2018. MX3. So um, I got introduced to MX3 because you sent an email to all your friends and family and said, hey, we got to open up in a gym. And I knew that was like just the beginning for you guys. Cause I was like, there's no way he just cares about his friends and family. Cause one, <laughs> how many <laughs> friends do you have? No kidding. And two, <laughs> you're not a small thinker. So walk us through when you went in 2016, you started the small one and then you moved to 2018. And then of course COVID. So we have a whole thing to discuss. Like if you were looking for a story arc and there <laughs> might be murder. Is. There could be murder, there could be treason, all of that. 
probably happens. We're uh, in it. Is, oh yeah. my gosh. So there are 1 million and three gyms in San Francisco and you guys decided to open up 1 million and four. How did you get it off the ground? Well, you know, it, it, um, it started small. So we focused on let's, let's go where the big guys can go. You know, so Equinox was moving into the neighborhood, um, all these crunch and big guys. And we're like, you know what San Francisco needs is like small neighborhoods. So it's like a boutique gym in the lower hate was the first one tiny by any stretch of the imagination. But we're like, if we can just serve three blocks in any direction around us, we will have enough clients because it's so small and the rent was so cheap, that we'll be fine. And we just, that's all we wanted to do was create this little community gym that was 100% focused on personal service. So there was everything about it was just super high touch. You're the friend. We see you, we get coffee with you, you know, you're walking by our gym every day. Um, and that's really what the focus is on was this, this really high touch personal service. But then add the back end of it, which most neighborhood gyms don't have, is a computer programmer at your disposal. So Glenn actually created this entire online portal where you could track all your every workout you've ever had. You could schedule, you could set up a, you know, a meeting with our nutritionist. You could do a 3D body scan. So we added a, a touch wow. of San Francisco tech to a very neighborhood gym. And um, that worked. It worked very well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked because, well, one, because of the service and all the extra stuff, and it's Glenn, hello, who just wouldn't yeah. want to go to the gym just to see him, just like, <laughs> um, but um, you really just focus, focus, focus on those three, four blocks right there. And how did you get the word out? You know, it's it's funny. Um, <laughs> a sandwich board goes a long way. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, no, you know what we did was we really focused on um, encouraging the people that were coming over clients to bring a friend. So we had all of these specials up front, like to refer a friend, bring a friend so you could work out with a friend. Right. And it was all about how we utilized our consumer base to pull people to us. Uh -huh. um, we did no advertising whatsoever. We did, you know, the typical social media, but nothing paid. Um, and it was all about how do we activate our client base on our behalf? And, and I don't think you can do that unless you have a really personalized, right. almost friend-like um, relationship with folks. Mm -hmm. You know, just pushing newsletters at them and stuff like that. You're not creating a one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. rich experience. Like, you know, Glenn is calling these people. How's it going? Are your goals being met? You know, meeting with them um, outside the gym. So that's really the key. Was he working 24-7? <laughs> you could say that. I mean... We did the build. We did the build out ourselves, pretty much. I remember. I uh, remember. It was a lot of painting, <laughs> and if you've never installed rubber gym flooring in your life, don't need to. Don't. It's <laughs> not easy. So, um, so yeah, it was a lot of hard work. But you know what? I think that kind of builds your moxie and mm -hmm. your resiliency. Because if you know if somebody else is working on this for you, you don't have the buy-in that really, really goes with building it yourself. Right. And then you outgrew it. You moved over to the Castro. We opened the second location. Yeah. Oh, so, the second location. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're a chain. You're a chain of two. <laughs> as, they say, as they say in Steel Magnolia, I'm a chain. Um, I'm a chain. Yeah, so we decided to move into a, uh, another facility that's about twice the size right on Market Street in the heavy traffic, you know, directly across from our number one competitor, which is a big box gym. Right. So uh, called Fitness SF. And so we decided to do the same thing. Like, let's just make this hyper personal. Um, and, you know, we figured people are going to go use the big box gym to do their daily workouts, but they're going to want something that's a little more high touch when it comes to personal training. Right. And that's what we can bring. So they'll come across the street, get their personal training, and then they can go back across the street right. and do their, their day to day. And that worked. Yeah, well, it, it worked to, up until COVID. Uh, it was it was going it was <laughs> going, going great. Yeah, <laughs> everything was going really really well. I mean, it's uh, you know uh, you're working with personal trainers, so you know hiring personal trainers prior to COVID was tough. Then we get to COVID and it's impossible. Impossible. Um, and we can talk about that. But um, tell me but, why yeah. it's hard to hire personal trainers just because there's so many options. Yeah, that's, or you it's, don't like them or what. Well, it's a lot of personal training is kind of another one of those career pivot jobs mm -hmm. that somebody has been doing something else. They may have been a bartender before, or they may have been working retail before, and they decided they're going to do a, a more, uh, go a different direction with a, a career. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, it's, there's a lot of transients. It's hard to bring somebody in and get them to stay. Once yeah. they're in and they stick, they really, really stick, right. but it's getting the younger ones in and, and, yeah. and a lot of training and stuff like that. So you know, maybe it's not so different than hiring a waiter, I guess. Well, first, two things strike me. One is, so you need to have other people trained in order to make either of these locations work. But two, that your your strategy for both of locations, same brand was so different, right? First, first one, smaller space, three blocks. Second one, across from your biggest competitor, we're going to be a complimentary service, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. Same service, but different thought process on, on how you'd attract people in each location. So yeah, I think that's super important to think about, right? Because just yeah. because you have a, a brand doesn't mean you wouldn't um, articulate yourself differently depending on where you are. Yeah. And that's what we, so that one, we, we determined that our, our audience is going to be foot traffic that walks in front of the building and sees us from across the street. Right. So it's, it's, you know, it's a lot about big window displays and it's, yeah. and that's when we started doing actual um, advertising. Uh -huh. So, you know, sense. something, something as simple as buying up a whole bunch of keywords um, on Google, um, you'd be shocked at how many leads we get just buying up, you know, what we think is going to be the most common search phrase. Uh -huh. um, it really actually, it really works. And are you doing geofencing on that? What, I mean, how are you? Yeah, it's it's yeah. very geofenced. It's yeah. not further than I think three miles away from our. Wonderful. You know, San Francisco is only seven by seven, yeah. so you can't, pretty sure you're not in the Pacific. Pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 still, our clientele in that in that area probably comes within a six blocks maximum. Right, not very far. Circumference. Yeah, San Francisco's. Once okay. you're in the neighborhood, you're in your neighborhood. You don't venture out that far unless you're going to unless you go to work. But who yeah. does that anymore? Just Nobody so goes downtown. I'm glad we didn't <laughs> open up a gym downtown like he Oh my gosh, right? So um, then COVID and the world gets shut down. Yeah. And um, gyms get shut down. And all service organizations get shut down. Yeah. And, 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 and. And then what did you do? <laughs> 
Okay, so it went, something, <laughs> it went something like this. Um, we uh, found out on Friday that the um, shelter in place was going to happen in San Francisco starting on Monday. Is this so when you we, had COVID or is this like- And I had COVID in yeah. the middle of it. Right. Um, and we, just an insult to injury, we had just ripped out our laundry room and the contractor was supposed to come on Monday to put our laundry room back together. That didn't happen for six months. So, um, so thankfully, with Glenn's background in computer programming, he was actually able to get our in-person business online wow. in 48 hours. So oh we created gosh. a whole online training environment mm -hmm. um, that uh, allowed folks to train from home with their trainers. Now, here's the rub. None of the trainers had done online training before. Right. You don't know what this person you're about to have on this Zoom call is going to have in their house. Right. So it was a lot. Of, there was a lot of like, okay, go get two milk jugs. Oh wait, I don't have TRX. <laughs> oh no, it was go find the heaviest book you can find. Pick up that chair. Like you, wow. you know, here's some things and a lot of research. Like here's a, a suite of things you could buy on Amazon right now that would get there, so you can have bands that all sold out in minutes. Right. Like, right. There's nothing to be had. There's nothing to be had. Yeah. So, so it was, you know, quickly pivot. Let's get some Zoom stuff happening. But even when we were full, let's say every Zoom class was full, it was probably we still lost 80% of our business because there were people that just were like, I'm not doing it at home. I'm not in an environment. I have three roommates. Yeah. I'd have to do this. And we're going to be room. done with this in six weeks. So I'll see you in six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two years later. <laughs> <laughs> Did but, that change but, over time or? Yeah. So um, that lasted, I was going to say about five months before mm -hmm. um, San Francisco uh, launched this thing called Shared Spaces, which allowed restaurants to go out on the sidewalk. Right. So if you've never been to San Francisco, we are one of these weird cities that did not have a set uh, a sidewalk restaurant environment right. just didn't not exist at not at all so they said you can bring your tables out onto the sidewalk you can serve people outside to save some of your business but we read the fine print and nowhere did it actually say this is only for restaurants so we devised a series of drives away to bring all of our equipment from inside out onto the sidewalk on rollers i mean that stuff is on like rollers heavy. So I don't know, like Glenn also built houses when he was in college. So he put rollers. Okay, the key lesson. Okay, I, I forget all this shit. Excuse my language. The key lesson is marry someone who's multi-talented is what I'm hearing. And handy. Yes, handy. <laughs> so he devised a system to roll an entire, basically, gym use area out onto the sidewalk. We created four of them. We created a parklet. We created four separate fitness zones, which had a squat rack, a full set of weights, a bench, everything you need. So 6,000 pounds went out in the morning, 6,000 pounds went back in in the afternoon. But didn't you have to clean it? I mean, San Francisco. Uh. Clean it, watch it constantly. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh. it was a lot, but. And it was know, both locations or just the one location? Just one. The, the sidewalk at our smaller location wasn't big enough to do it. So this yeah. is the big one on Market Street. On Market which Street. Big. We took up the first parking spaces in front of the building and the awesome. sidewalk to create these things. Good. 
And it was kind of funny. We shared a parklet. There's a bar next door. So we shared our parklet um, with the bar. So at six o'clock, we would leave. They would roll in and take over our parklet. Then in the next morning, we'd take over their parklet until they were ready to open. So it worked out pretty well. And then but, how'd you get the work? Well, people are obviously walking by. Yeah. Um, and so did, how many of your customers came back? Um, you know what? It was uh, not as many as you would think. It was mostly new consumers. Huh. And I'll tell you how, where they came from. Walking by was one thing. Right. Activism was the biggest. Okay. I so, want to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, um, we recognized the plight of this, you know, small neighborhood um, businesses, particularly gyms, uh, tattoo parlors, salons, estheticians, mm-hmm. we were closed, no business to be had. But we saw all of these other businesses getting attention, like they, the county, the city bent over backwards for restaurants. Mm-hmm. Why didn't we get the same, you know? And we kept saying, you know, well, look, we can, we can service the same way you, somebody's going to Safeway, it's not safer than somebody I can have one person in my gym and I can stand 30 feet away from them right. and train them. Tell me why that's not safe. Right. So we were, ch- you know, really chasing this idea of prove it with the science and we'll follow it. But if you don't right. have the science, then tell us why we're closed. Yeah. So we, to, in, you know, with the focus of saving small business, we created a coalition mm-hmm. of small gym owners and we were the loudest most angry thorn in the side of city health officials. We just kept saying, tell us why it's okay for a um, physical therapist to be open, mm-hmm. but not us. And Dave, I, yeah. I think, how, how were you so loud? How am I so loud? How was you know? the coalition so loud? <laughs> how did that work? Well, it helps to have a PR person. <laughs> knows how to be really loud. Can I mention that Dr. Communications is a PR firm that Dave owns? Okay. Yeah, got a built-in PR firm helping out with that. (laughs) Um, And somebody who knows how to get to media and and frankly knows what triggers the media are looking for. So I just, you know, it was, it's it's all about inserting yourself into the conversation that's happening at the moment. Mm -hmm. So at the moment, everybody's focused on COVID and um, you know, small businesses are dying, um, boarded up storefronts, what's happening. And we kind of jumped into this perfect storm with the perfect message. And then we did, you know, we, we dug into research too. We discovered that the um, police gyms owned by the city were still open. So we sent, we did a full investigative report on it. We got, we found the, the reporter that disliked the mayor the most and we got Not him to write the story. Yeah, right. Um, for that role. <laughs> <laughs> we got him to write the story. So, and then we just kept in the media constantly. It was just a matter of like almost every week, here's an update of a business that's going under. Do you want to talk to them? Here's how we're dealing with this. But, so we filmed us pulling the equipment out onto the sidewalk and people came and they were like, we saw you on the news last night. We want to support your business. So, so we saw you on the news last night. We want to support your business. Mm-hmm. There you go. Right. Don't, don't underestimate the, the power of the six o'clock news. I know a lot of people are like, oh, local news doesn't matter anymore. They're it, wrong. It's always on in the background somewhere. They're, they're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> they're wrong. Right. Um, the, what, uh, what really um, hits me is sort of 
how 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 quickly so a small you know a small business is all you know it sounds like oh that's so quaint that's so nice it must be so great to be your own boss it is freaking hard right mm -hmm. and um with your locate and you're not just online your location and you have your you know thank god he's a computer programmer and thank god you're a pr extraordinaire because you're thinking about all these things but what really strikes me is that um, in each situation, you were finding where was the leverage, right? And your leverage was as creating this coalition that helped everybody, not yeah. just yourself, right? Yeah. How, how, what, my problem, how can I make my problem relevant to everybody? Well, relevant to the news, relevant to the government, relevant to some people who are going to talk about it. It's, uh, we're not alone. There is no coalition for us. Let's just create one, right? Yeah. So you can yeah. find your allies in your competition, frankly, Right. And your co-op petition, because people have a dollar and they're going to spend their dollar somewhere. Well, hopefully it's been my, your dollar with you one day and with the salon next door with another day and all that kind of stuff. Right. So yeah. um, finding those one, it's not for the faint of heart, small business getting on the map. It you know can be really small, like Dave said, like in the three blocks that his first gym was in or just caring about the big competition across the street and be a complimentary service or um holy crap, we're going to get into the net because you were, you're underselling yourself per usual, well, not per usual, but you know, you were national to news too. And that I think, you know, the national attention helped the local attention, right. And the local attention brought you new people so that you could stay yeah. alive. Is that fair? Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. You know, frankly, we looked at um, why was the restaurant industry getting so much attention and so much love from the city. And we looked at it and we said, okay, yeah, money, but they've got the Golden Gate Restaurant Association who was right. on the news every single night. And all I right. said was, we need to do exactly what they're doing. Mm -hmm. We need to be the louder, squeakier wheel that gets people noticing. And because media media looking for these stories, they're mm -hmm. really, really looking for them. So to get out there and, and, and get, get you know, a, a, a shared cause mm -hmm. with other folks, you know, elevating other people too. And it also gave us different views. So, you know, right. we had the small, uh, the, the female black business owner, we had the Hispanic business owner, the Asian business, and it created this really nice tapestry. So when media came to us, I said, I can give you 20 different spokespeople and you want it in Spanish, I can give it to you, Cantonese, I can give it to you, whatever you need. So how did you get everybody on board? Like, how did you, so you, you, created a website, I assume, and you just make some phone calls to your friends for creating coalition. How'd you do that? Yeah, it's funny enough. We just <laughs> literally blasted everybody we knew in the fitness industry and they came to it. We had, at one point, we all had almost a hundred gyms wow. in the coalition just from word of mouth. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of them just wanted to hear positive news that somebody was doing something. So it really gave them like energy and lifted them up. Um, to make them feel like, oh, you know what? Well, I'm not in this alone. I can, I can survive this. Right. So um, now people are back in the gyms. Well, yeah. are they back in the gyms right now? I don't know. What time <laughs> they're going. back. They were mask-free, but vaxxed. But now they're back to masked and vaxxed. Masked and vaxxed. Yeah. We're in January 24th. So still Omnicrom Central, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you know? Because you just had COVID for the second time. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like we're getting a whole a whole story out of this. Yeah, you are. Oh my gosh! So where are you now? Like, do you still have the two locations, or you're just not focusing on one location? 
we're looking to open up our third location actually. Third location where? Or don't you know? Uh, you can't talk about it yet. No, no, Noe Valley or Lower Valley. Pack Heights um, or Hayes Valley. So, um, and when you choose between those three neighborhoods, how are you going to choose? Um, right now, we're looking at underserved. So, okay. where is it that their um, gyms have gone out of business? Mm -hmm. Not to be predatory, but mm -hmm. you know, a lot of a lot of gyms did go out of business. So, looking at Noe Valley in particular, there's one gym left, and so that gives you an opportunity. Are you kidding? Yeah. Um, so, or looking at like Hayes Valley is, is red hot right now. Trader Joe's is going in. So how do we get yeah. close to Trader Joe's? Mm -hmm. And that's just a matter of like-minded consumers. Right. Um, lower pack heights, completely underserved. There's no gym over there. Of, of yeah. note. So, so it's kind of just looking around and seeing what's available and where the price works. Right. Yeah. Are you looking to have the same footprint as your first one or your second one? First one. So we, we decided that our first gym, the small neighborhood solution is the right one. Okay. Just based on how many trainers you need, you know, frankly, in a small, a small footprint gym, you only need four trainers. Right. And that's it. Right. So that's, that's much Solving easier. Your first, you know, second problem about finding people to work for you. Yeah, exactly. So the second gym, you know, we can have up to, I think, 14 trainers if we wanted to. Uh -huh. um, so it's just a matter of finding those folks. And, you know, and again, it's got to be a, a neighborhood that's that's that needs it, mm -hmm. that is accepting of it. The price is right, you know all. Yeah, things. all those things, right? Yeah. So I see a sandwich board in your future. Uh, many, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> Jim, here, there you go. Well, you know, it, it's funny when people <laughs> when people talk to me about this. You know, oh, why would you open up another thing? You know, I think once you get the small business kind of bug about you mm -hmm. and. And you, and you understand how it works. You know, small business is about resiliency, like full stop. Like if you don't think you have resiliency in your DNA, small business is not for you. Because if we looked at it like, okay, the city has now shut you down. You have no way to make money, but your rent is due. Mm -hmm. We could have said, all right, toss in the, you know, throw in the towel, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. But instead we're like, okay, let's get up, go online. Oh, now we found this loophole that lets us pull all of our equipment out onto the sidewalk. People thought we were crazy. Right. They literally were like, you are insane. Nobody's <laughs> going to want to work out on a busy street in San Francisco. And Glenn was just like, I think they will. I think this, this will work. And sure as heck it did. So then you were um, on the news. So people showed up. Yeah. And, and it made news because it was right. so strange that they're right. pulling all this equipment out there. Right. Um, right. So I think there's, you know, there's, there's just this point with small business where it's like, you know, I'm going to do anything possible. There's no rolling over mm -hmm. um, until the fat lady is shot in the head or something. <laughs> like, the fat lady doesn't show up to the gym. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So at the same time, you have Raptor Communications, yeah. which is your own public relations firm. Yep which if you look behind uh, Dave's head, those are his current clients. And Raptor though is trading, I assume, on your experience and great um, expertise at working for Spirits Company. So you have on one side, a very, I imagine, well, actually, let me ask the question. Who, the clients you've gotten for Raptor Communications, how have you gotten them? All word of mouth, 100%. All word of mouth. Yeah. So, you didn't need a, a sandwich board. You didn't need a big email <laughs> campaign. You needed no coalition. You know, it was all word of mouth. It's like, oh, 
he's left Campari. Now he can do this, blah, 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 kind of stuff. Yeah. So but you're really living out of both sides of your brain there in terms of, of how to get clients for the two different kinds of businesses. Well, it's, it's funny. Um, uh, you know, becoming a mouthpiece, becoming known for something. So all of a sudden I was known at, in San Francisco as the small business advocate, mm-hmm. the gym advocate. People saw me talking about that. But, you know, I took all of that and I pulled it over onto the biggest sandwich board in the world, which is LinkedIn. And I would sit on LinkedIn, not a second of the day, but I would be sitting on LinkedIn talking about small businesses. And I even did this thing like during COVID when I didn't have a lot of business where I said, I will give any um, minority owned small business one hour of free PR advice. Any business anywhere in the world, I will do that for you. Um, and it was so cool. I probably more than 25 companies wow. came to me. I gave them all an hour of my time. Um, and uh, it was fascinating. It's priceless, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great for me to be like, stay fresh, stay in it. But it gave me this, this thing I could talk about on LinkedIn. So when I worked with a client with one of these companies, I'd go on LinkedIn. I'm like, I just met the most interesting company. They do this. Uh, and so staying active on LinkedIn, I, I can't tell people enough about this, like staying active on LinkedIn and having a, a, a what you're known for. So people know me for either do spirits PR or small business advocacy. Yep. And they see it and I get, I get stuff off of LinkedIn constantly. Mm-hmm. I saw you post on LinkedIn that you, you know, you used to work on a tequila brand. I've got a tequila brand. I want to talk mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. So um so LinkedIn is really, you know, one of the greatest um, ways to build your business. But again, you have to do it in a way where you're building a personality. What are you standing for mm-hmm. that people understand it and get it? You can't just be up there saying, you know, congratulations to Bill for being the top performer at Sotheby's. Right. You know, like, <laughs> like, yeah, someone told me that I'm so active on LinkedIn. And I went over to that person's page. I was like, you're not active at all. What are you talking about? Yeah. You know, activity is not just saying, you know, giving, doing what LinkedIn tells you to do, like in the notifications, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, 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 it's not just reposting a story. It's having a view of why that story is important and explaining it and right. giving people hints. You know, it's, it's, you know, news you can use. People are looking for it. Like, tell them, do this. I think people use LinkedIn a little bit as too much of a promotional rah-rah, like putting yeah. myself on the back when it really should be used to tell people of service. what to do. Right? Yeah. yeah, tell people what to do. Well, yeah. I know you love that. Tell people what to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now come pay me to tell you what to do. Exactly. Well, how did you move from you know, giving, giving an hour away, not insignificant, it's a lot of time, it was worth something. How'd you move from, it? basically it sounds to me like you moved from uh, giving hours away to not having to do that anymore, or else you still do that. Do you still do that every once in a while? Yeah, I, did, I just did one the other day, actually. Uh-huh. Was um, well, how do you, you know, how do you move to, now you have to pay me? Well, you know what? I didn't expect any of these, um, any one of them to lead to a paid gig. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I, I don't think any of them did, except that these people referred me to people they know Right. That needed something. Mm-hmm. So I was doing like I had I got no less than two crisis communications clients from talking to those giving that free advice 
they referred me to somebody else and, yeah. and that got pulled in. So I think it, it, it kind of builds up. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing too, I always tell folks is lean on your friends and family, man. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be afraid to say, hey, I've started out on my own. I'm doing this. Can you send five emails to somebody you know that might need marketing or introduce me to five people? I know that's kind of an old school tactic, but um, old school I works. always There's tell There's a reason folks, it's old school. Because yeah, exactly. yeah, it works. It works. <laughs> well, I think people are afraid to, or they're too humble to ask for help, mm-hmm. or, and I think that's malarkey, um, as Joe would say. Uh, you really got to get out there and just tell folks, I need help. Can you send business my way? Send me, you know, a social media person. Give me, duh, 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 duh. and even looking for advice. Mm-hmm. You know, I got, I, I did get a little tired of. Um, I'd like to buy you a cup, a cup of coffee to pick your brain. <laughs> it's like I got no brain left, as you can tell. So much coffee. So much. I mean, they're picking my brain right out of the skull. I mean, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. at some point you have to tell those people to pay for that that, that coffee for more than yeah. just coffee. But, um, I like I like what you're doing. I mean, I like this volunteer be of service specifically to a certain group who is underserved. Uh, may not have access, may not have the money to spend on as they get started, blah, blah, blah. Um, the whole pick your brain thing, don't let them do it. Yeah. <laughs> because um, we only have so much brain and um, they want to pick your brain because you're valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if you charge a little bit of something, charge something for it. Anyway. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a tough call because it's usually, it's usually somebody you have some association with in the past, and it's almost always not somebody you ever want to talk to again. <laughs> I don't know why that is. They didn't get the message the first time. <laughs> well, a friend doesn't tell you that they want to pick your brain. A friend says, I need help. Yeah. And I would really like an hour of your time to help me, you know? So it, I react, now I'm going to get all these people. I need help, Lee. You're my friend. But <laughs> uh, well, Hold on. I'm going to flip the script on you. So if somebody says to you, you know, it's obviously somebody who's just somebody who would typically be paying you otherwise says, mm-hmm. I want to pick your brain over a cup of coffee. What do you say to them? I say, you know, um, what is, what is it you want to talk about? First, I find out a little bit more because if it's something new or, you know, maybe it's a nonprofit thing or whatever. First I ask, what is it you want to pick my brain about? And then depending on the answer, um, if the answer is something that they should pay me for um, either, I'll say, that is what this, I mean, this is what I charge for that. Or let me give you someone who'd be more useful for you. Yeah. Because okay. if someone really is going to do that anymore, it's like, you know. Yeah, that's maybe not a good way. People who not don't know, way. people who, don't, it's easier to say, it's easier to say your time costs to people who don't know you than it is to your friends. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. People who think you're your friends, right? Right. Um, frankly, if it's something that's um, tangential or maybe they're, maybe it's, they want to talk about what they want to do in their career next. It depends if they, is it, call, are they calling me for, because they want me to be a mentor to them? Are they want me to think about this opportunity? What, you know, I get a lot mm-hmm. of different kind of calls. So first I find out what they want to talk to me about. Um, and then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard though. I mean, it's not easy. I mean, particularly, you know, you and I have had many things cross over. We probably have like a thousand people in common in LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're known for a certain thing that is valuable. Uh, a lot of people want our help. A lot of people yeah. want our help, you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Anyway, well, um, I've kept you longer than I promised. Per <laughs> usual, per usual. Um, 
What is one thing that you could tell, I mean, you've, you shared so much, but what is one, if someone was going to say like, no, I cannot, I can't get people to pay attention to me. I have this great service. Why can't I make it work? What is the one thing you would tell people to do no matter what? Well, my big advice for folks is, and it kind of goes back to just typical media strategy is how are you inserting yourself into the conversation everybody else is having? Mm-hmm. So let's say you sell ice cream. That's your new small business thing. And you're just sitting over here shouting, I sell ice cream. Why is nobody paying attention to me? Well, all people are talking about right now is green M&Ms, right. uh, COVID, um, Ukraine. So figure out a way to insert yourself into that that captures people's attention and makes people take notice. And I think that's the biggest fault most businesses have is that they, you know, they come up with this great idea that they think is great for their business and they go out and they just shout about it. And it might become an evergreen story to a person in the media or to somebody you're interested in influencing. And evergreen means I'll come back to it when I have got nothing else going I on. Am, evergreen <laughs> means I don't have to write about it right now. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so, so what you want to do is analyze what your business does and how it can insert itself into today's conversation. Like an editor, we're talking about media relations, an editor has told somebody to go find all the stories related to this mm-hmm. today. And if okay. you're not on that list, they're not going to care. Not going to care. So, so that's what I constantly do is like, look and see, how do I insert myself into the conversation that everybody's having? And today it would be about green M&Ms and that whole stupid controversy. I mean, brown <laughs> m M&M, and I mean, seriously, really? Oh my gosh. I'm getting old. But if you're like a Ukrainian immigrant who has an ice cream company that has a green M&M flavor, man, you are on it. You are on it. Today <laughs> you're in the news. Congratulations. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, I, you know, I'm going to have to have you come back because you have so much okay. to share and I will pick your brain on it. Yeah. If people wanted to um, work with, if people wanted to go to your gyms, where there's my dog, sorry. If people want to go to your gyms, where would you send people? Uh, that would be MX3, the number three, fitness.com. And that's in San Francisco. So if you're in New York, no, you don't need that. But if you're in well, Korea, we we could do nutrition coaching over uh, uh, the internet if you need nutrition coaching. Back. Not just location based anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> Number two, Raptor Communications focusing really well. I assume you're still focusing on spirits, but you yeah. might do other things as well. If you are a spirits company and you have something you are really interested in having Dave represent you for, where would they find you? This one's easy. RaptorCommunications.com. Easy. Or just find Dave Carricker. I'm. I live, I live my life on the internet, unfortunately. So. <laughs> so we'll have all these in and your LinkedIn, clearly. Yeah. And the good thing is my last name is so ridiculous. There's only one other Dave character in the United States. So it's easy. Right? oh my goodness. You're either going to get the guy who works for the water company in Riverside, California, or me. So pick but me. If, just because you see Dave's picture doesn't mean it's Dave. So make sure because some, for some reason, for some reason, Dave's photo has been used by many, 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 many people to represent themselves online. Yeah, I got a, a woman called, a uh, woman found me the other day. She sent somebody $500,000 thinking it was me. Hello. I know, and I was like, wow, I am not worth that. I'm sorry that happened to you. 
that's a that's a tail that's a catfish for another day my friend oh my gosh that's my next podcast how not to be catfished <laughs> oh my gosh anyway thank you so much Dave. i so appreciate it. all these links will be in the show notes page everybody and if you just do one thing that dave tells you to do you will get on the map faster there you go Thank you so much for listening to On The Map. If you're a successful entrepreneur of a company or if you are a a marketing executive who has had success on getting on the map in your industry or your location or among certain different consumers or customers, I would love to talk to you about how you did it, what programs and tactics you use to become known, become famous for what you do, the difference you make for your customers and your clients or your consumers. Um, In order for you to apply, just go over to my website, go.double-forte.com backslash podcast slash guest. And that's a mouthful. It'll be in the show notes. So just go down there and apply. We are publishing on the map all the time with awesome guests who are sharing for from the trenches ideas and success stories that we can all apply in our own businesses. So it to get all of the shows and not miss anything, please subscribe. And I so appreciate you if you can also give me a thumbs up or give me a rating. This helps the show be seen. I can't under, you can't underestimate the power of a a thumbs up and I would really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And now it's time for you to go get on the map.